This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. New from Venom Prison, Samsara. The album Kerrang! gives a perfect 5Ks and hails as a furious, raging album, musical attrition that attack with nuclear force and wind tunnel velocity. And Metal Hammer praises Venom Prison embark on one of the most twisted and disturbing death metal journeys in recent memory. Zero Tolerance goes there calling Samsara a masterpiece of righteous violence. Venom Prism Samsara featuring the track Uterine Industrialization is available everywhere March 15th, guys. Make sure you check out the music video. Once again, Venom Prism's Samsara out everywhere March 15th. I want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by Rockabilia. Need to stock up on some of your favorite band merch? Go to rockabilia.com and put some on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with the selection, and you can get 10% off with the code PCJabberJaw. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code PCJabberJaw and save 10% today. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is I, your host, Petter Speich, and I am always joined by... What's up, handsome? It's your buddy, Brandon Gooch Hahn. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at your buddy Gooch. I'm never going to let you forget that you called him daddy, first of all, and I'm also not going to let you forget now that you called him handsome. Mm, handsome daddy. That was, <laughs> it, that was awkward, I'll tell you. And, and also joining us always... Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. And if you guys want to reach out to me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, we get to talk to Anthony from After the Burial. Really excited to promote their new record, Evergreen, which is coming out April 19th, guys. So make sure you pre-order it. And if you haven't checked dates yet, they're touring North America starting April 18th with Kill Switch Engage and Parkway Drive. It's going to be a massive, amazing tour. Check out those dates, guys. But before we jump into our interview with Anthony, we... As always, are going to discuss some of the Metal Sucks news. So this week, guys, the first story I wanted to talk about, Ozzy Osbourne. Mm. I mean, you can't really say anything negative. No, no, no. He's a treasure. He is a treasure. He is an international treasure. On every level. So we here in America don't know the guidelines of being knighted, but there is a petition, another petition, this isn't the first time, to have Ozzy Osbourne knighted again in england now what exactly is knighted like i know i know that like the like john cleese from monty python has been knighted. from what i understand uh the queen farts in your face that is not no okay that's, that's incorrect okay. and i'm not gonna google Sorry. that because okay. that will be a nasty image what about you she sits on your face good okay good. What yes a- <laughs> 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 what it is is uh, you got you guys you guys rely on the internet for <laughs> where do you rely on it for this crumpet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What is knighted? What so does it give you? Do you get a discount on cable? What yeah. does it get you? I mean, I, I guess basically you get like a you know you get a medal and then the queen does the whole thing with the sword on the shoulder 
and then you know, and then you're knighted, and then it's but just some your, ceremonial thing. Is your picture like on a wall in Buckingham Palace? Are you like gonna walk by and be like, all these dudes were no. knighted, dudes and ladies, sorry, yeah. are knighted? No, that's not the case. This is just kind of a ceremony to be like, England loves you, and you've con- contributed to the world in a way to make our country look better. Right? I guess right. it's probably like getting the Medal of Honor from the president. I guess, but my deal is... Is that a thing? Did I make that up? Is that only from movies? (laughs) The Medal of Honor? That's a real thing. What are you talking about? It's been a long weekend. They don't don't give Medal of Honors to, you know, George Clooney. Right, right, right. Like a Medal of Honor is like somebody who did something extremely heroic. Now, Ozzy biting the heads off bats and beating his wife, probably not so heroic, you know what I mean? Allegedly. He beat his wife? Oh my God. I didn't know this, sorry. (laughs) Are you apologizing (laughs) to Sharon or just to the culture? Yeah, dude, that's what happens when you ride the crazy train so what, this, but, but why why Aussie though this is what I don't get why did this why did millions of people because let's face log it on to the internet and go he, he's part of the bedrock of heavy metal of, why not of yeah. all the things I mean, to be un, feel unjust about is that Aussie's not Aussie wouldn't even know if he was being knighted I, you, it's a good point it's <laughs> a very even good understand point. what's happening <laughs> but my thing is those I see I, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Pete on this because yes he is Aussie he's an international treasure he is one of the founding founding members of of heavy metal okay i mean we cannot take away what his contribution has been to music now granted you know all the drugs and the booze and you know and all the uh, all the off the stage antics and stuff yeah it's laughable it's you know you laugh and point and stuff like that and but, i think that still matters in the uk yes but uh, isn't this the problem with our culture right now the whole inclusiveness thing where it's like isn't it like totally anti-metal to like go under the wing of a monarchy and be like kneel at the bet like kneel at a queen and be like yeah i'm a knight like but that at the feels same so- time though but at, but at the same time though isn't it totally metal for you to give a middle finger to the establishment and still get knighted you know what i mean it's like there's there's so many things there it, it just depends on how you look at i'm it. gonna cross out both your points because a ozzy osborne doesn't care if he sells out that's that doesn't that's matter true. At yeah, you're to- yeah it's exactly. ozzy osborne yeah. okay he did the osborne's on mtv yeah that's complete selling out he did reality tv <laughs> and, and, b, like- and b he he's pre-selling out he doesn't matter he can do what he wants so I, i'm gonna go ahead and say that i wouldn't sign a petition for this because it doesn't make sense to me however we decided that they keep remaking movies. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing now. No original ideas are out there. And we remember a movie back in 2001 with the late, great Heath Ledger. Also British. Uh, he's from Australia. Okay. So, <laughs> which was formerly part of England. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Look who's dumb and doesn't know what the Medal of Honor is now. Yeah. Oh. Um, and we decided, you know what? He did a film called The Knight's Tale. And so we decided, you know what? Let's remake it for this petition. Shut the fuck up, you little bugger. Who's pissed? Who's pissed at my fucking car? You can't even joust. I'm, I'm, I'm a psycho. On a horse, that man is unbeatable. You're just a silly boy with a horse and a stick. It's bow movers. And you are? I'm fucking at Ozzy. I'm the prince of fucking darkness. They're going to arrest you. A dozen royal guards. I love you. There's nothing else to do. Run, and I will run with you. I was absolutely drunk out of my face. This summer, Ozzy Osbourne in A Knight's Tale. Your name makes no matter to me. So long as I can call you my own. (laughs) And 
Well, there you go. There it is, right? <laughs> Box office smash. I can totally. <laughs> All right, are we proud of that bit? No. No. Not what? No. So what? Not <laughs> but, we, what? but the time was put into it, so it, it had to play. Okay, so I'm a little bit proud of it. A, a little, little bit proud bit. of I'm it. Like not a, not like a, I'm, a, I'm like a 1% proud I'm of it. I'm only proud of it because I think if anyone hears it, it hurt Ozzy's petition. I, uh, I, and I am, <laughs> I'm also proud of my, I'm also proud of the, uh, uh, shut the fuck up, you bugger. Like, I was really proud of that. I think everybody knew, hey, that's an Englishman. Mm, that yeah. is no. not a great oh, yeah. accent. No, no, no not your strength. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, bugger. <laughs> So, well, hey, you know what? The idea made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Before we, you know, before. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was the trying, idea was hilarious. Here's the thing. This Let's is what happens. Ozzy in with the trailer of A Knight's Tale. It's going to be great. Dude, this uh, is what happens. I, I, t- I give Pete these ideas where I'm like, well, you just want to do this. And then Pete's like, that's going to be awesome. And then I give, because I, mean, I already know how it's going to sound. And then I, and I send it to him and then I just... Pete's, <laughs> my text back is like, watched, it works. Yeah, I just watched Pete's <laughs> level of disappointment rise just another peg than it was the week before. It's like, oh, man. Uh, well, we've hit some out of the park. Yeah. So speaking of the next story, guys. So there's obviously been a lot of talk about Chris Fenn versus Slipknot. And now all that stuff's out in the open. And Vince did a really good article of what's really going on. He breaks it down. So I, I recommend everybody reads that. But we also want to start reading out fan mail that we get all the time on the show. And we got a listener that wrote in last week to talk about how me and Brandon kind of didn't really explain it too well. And uh, we're going to read that email out loud. So here we go. Unleash the fan mail. <laughs> yeah. If we weren't drive time radio enough, that sounder. How many dicks got hard when they heard that? Mm, well, okay. Never. Zero. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Zero. negative four. Yeah. I'm gonna, think, I'm gonna think somebody's not performing. Negative after that four? You think four people's dicks crawled into yeah. their bodies? <laughs> yeah. Some guys went from six inches to micro penis right there. <laughs> this email is from James Murray out in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. He wrote me at rise to offend at gmail.com. You guys go ahead and write me if you want to discuss anything stupid we say on the show. Um, and this is what he wrote in full. I'm going to read that, and his punctuation is fantastic. Let me just tell you guys. Not stupid at all. Hey, Petter and crew. He's talking to me directly. So I probably said the dumb shit last week. I've been listening to you guys on Metal Sucks Podcast for almost a year now and been really enjoying it. Keep up the great work. Thank you, James. Okay. After your and Brandon's talk about Chris Fane suing Slipknot respectfully, I feel you guys focused on the wrong parts of the story. My understanding of the story is that Chris was not privy to profits earned from certain businesses opened under the Slipknot name. As a member of the band, he should be entitled to a percentage of profits made by these companies, regardless of how much he contributed to the band. In terms of songwriting, he has been in the band for the last 20 years, putting his body on the line, frequently breaking bones or worse, and ensuring that a Slipknot show is always memorable. I absolutely agree with him on that. If the band was called the Corey Taylor Experience or Clowning with Crayhan... <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Yeah. Then sure, I can understand certain members being prohibited from earning profits from certain income streams, but because the entity known as Slipknot encompasses all nine members, they should all be entitled to a cut of profits earned from any businesses opened under the Slipknot name. I think it's incredible disingenuous for Corey and Sean to be making extra money off the backs of their brothers. I hope this wasn't too rambly. Not at all, my man. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so much for that. And then he just... You know, you don't. You sometimes say thanks. You sometimes say best when you exit an email. 
James, he wrote chicken dick exclamation mark. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, I still feel so good to rub that in Pete's face. I can't wait when you die and that's your biggest accomplishment. Yeah, uh, my tombstone. Chicken dick is funny. Fuck you, Pete. James, and this is, like I said, James Murray from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. James, if you want to see Brandon do stand-up live, because he's really funny. When is your live date That's in right. Vancouver, British Columbia? Wow, what a shameless pug. I'll take that right shameless up. Shameless pug? Whatever. We, we only deal with sneem, semen sniffing pugs here at the Metal Suck Podcast. So we're gonna, I'm going to be in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and, uh, and Victoria, July 15th through the 21st. I'll be doing the Yuck Yuck Comedy Clubs. So hey, there you go, guys. Go see Brandon if you want to in July. I'm, sh- I'm, sure, I'm sure us plugging that in uh, April is really smart. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll Hey, somebody put it in their calendar. <laughs> Hopefully. Put it in your iCal. Share it with your friends. Please. <laughs> but hey, man, thank you for writing. And thank you for writing an actually smart, good email that we can share with the listeners. What and an excellent punctuation. And yeah. thank you for not using any three-syllable words so Pete could read it. Yeah. Oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> there are certain things. I'm going to get an email just so nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. Yeah. I'm not reading this on there. <laughs> No, reading this on air. Did he just do it three he times did in a it row? Three times in a row. Wow. Yeah. I've, been pra- I've been yeah. practicing in the mirror <laughs> with a Danzig wig on. <laughs> You're nobody nuclear. I'm somebody. <laughs> You're pretty. <laughs> when I nuke me, <laughs> when I nuke me, I nuke me so good. Nuke. All right, enough. <laughs> no. So you guys, yeah, if you want to write in to anything stupid we say, uh, we will be honest and own up. But yeah, dude, that was actually we weren't too informative. The way we saw it last week is that like I think the, the my approach was like he should know his role and maybe play this a little bit cooler. Yeah. But is he? probably getting bullied because of his role in the band by guys that are more important. Uh, I do believe so. The bottom line, though, legally, none of that matters. The legal ramifications are exactly what are written. And if you go read Vince's article, you will see exactly what he said is that nobody wants a court. Go to court. They want to settle out of court. And he probably was like, let me get a settlement and move on because you know, maybe he doesn't feel like he can trust these dudes anymore. And that's a good point. Um, I, my thing is, though, is if you're if you're Sean Crahan or in your in your Corey Taylor, just start up clowning with Crahan Inc. and then just go that way. You don't need to use the Slipknot name, and you'll be fine. It's not like those two guys aren't going to pull <laughs> names anyway. Don't you give know? them the name that he came up with. Well, okay. First of all, clowning <laughs> with Crahan is the best name. And clowning with Crahan is our new podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Crahan's going to sue us. That's so. our new podcast where we teach Pete to read. <laughs> And all the money we make, we'll split it nine ways. Yeah. <laughs> Without fucking question. Taylor, you get the same as Fen. We don't care. We don't care that your voice is an angel's. That was a little flirtatious, right? Yeah, wow. Yeah, you got like real personal there for a second. Mm. Corey Taylor's got a great voice. Okay. Right. Well, somebody's sliding into somebody's DMs later. Mm. <laughs> I think Pete wants to show his chicken dick to Corey Taylor. I got a breast for you. Jesus Christ. Let's let's just... No. My, it's not my chicken dick. Now it is. Okay, now it is. What is, what is this? Look, you were the one that fought chicken dick, and chicken dick won. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't want to see that battle. <laughs> I tap out pretty quick. <laughs> he's got pee to chokehold. <laughs> I'd send out a retirement tweet like Conor McGregor. Be like, I'm just quitting for now. I'm not telling you why. Just calling it a day. It has nothing to do with the chicken day. No. <laughs> when the video comes out, you'll understand. Let me just tilt my newsboy cap at you and bow out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's do one more story before we get into my interview with Anthony from After the Burial, guys. Last story we're going to talk about, guys. Devin Townsend just put out an amazing record. If you haven't seen Metal Sucks Review, five stars out of five star. Empath is the record. I did pick it up. I have not had the chance to listen to it its entirety. It's, it's a long record, and I got The Valley, so I've been rocking that uh, by Whitechapel. Excellent record if you guys haven't seen that. So the point is, is that he said that he spent over $170,000 of his own money to create this record. Now, I, in my, I might get an email from somebody on this. I think that he probably wasn't really watching his budget. Is that fair to say? Yes. Because that's extremely high for any record in, in, in this industry today, not alone a metal record. I mean, he is one of the masterminds in our community. I think that we can all agree with that. But the point is, is that that's not coming back. Dude, I don't think you, I don't <laughs> like, even think people spend $170,000 on a studio. Let no, alone, yeah. Let alone a record. Like, really? So, and I mean, he... he Kind of came back with some comments because I guess a couple of years ago he was okay with pirating in a way. He mentioned some things and being like, oh, it's okay. I understand. But it's like, which I never will understand an artist that's like, I'm go ahead and steal my record because that makes no sense to me. But the point is, is that he had an open mind to it at a certain point. And then now he thinks those words kind of came back because of how much monetary value he put into this record. But I don't know, man. Is there any chance that he'll get it back? There's there's some issues here with the pirating thing for me, though, because, well, here's the thing. I recently have changed my tune on the pirating thing because I grew up like pirating was so normalized for me as a kid. Like when I first you learned how to use the Internet to find music, it was to learn how to pirate it. It was never to like find it to purchase it. Like when I started when I was like 12, that's when I was when I was I was in elementary school when Napster dropped. So like this has always been a part of how music and movies has been consumed for my generation. But even now as a, as an adult, you know, this year of my life, my 31st year on this planet, I now feel a certain level of guilt if I don't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Even in streaming it now, I'm trying to purchase albums I really like and buy movies I really want to watch or at least rent them on voodoo. So somebody's getting some kind of, you know, kickback Kickback, to the thing that they made. Uh, Well, when Pete and I, when we were coming up, because we're like uh, way, way older and definitely more wiser, but Uh, it's like uh, not at all based on that grammar and that (laughs) sentence. But anyway, though, if you put two commas in there, it yeah, there, see, bam. <laughs> okay, so, that's not what would make that very sentence much. work. And, and a colon. <laughs> so, <laughs> and some parentheses. We got this shit. That's how I write emails. I'm like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's just throw some commas in there. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they got it. Just put a space in there. I think you get All it. All of Pete's emails look like a telegraph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're bad. Yeah. Um, you know, like when, when Pete and I, when we were like 18, 19, and that and Napster and all that stuff, and, and what LimeWire, all that, all that stuff came out, like, I hate it because the music it was awful the, the, the quality was dookie but that, that's that's I, I see what Jocelyn's saying her experience was never good quality music her experience was never having to wait at midnight to get a record her experience was never that and a lot like nobody's experience has been that for 20 years right dude. honestly I'm, I'm just being realistic how did so. you put it how did you put it how did you put songs that that what they sounded like when they when you downloaded them off like napster how did they sound oh i never dude i never downloaded people would be like hey i got the new fear factory record and they like burn it for me and it sounds like virtually like somebody's holding a tape recorder to a speaker and it's like, here's the new record. No, it's, you said it sounded like somebody is farting over the That's exactly oh, what I was like. Don't yeah. misquote yourself. I was setting you up for a great joke that you said. I'm not going to take credit it's, for it. it. It did. It sounded like there was a permanent fart over whatever the band was trying to put out. And you're like, 
I've heard the record. It sounds great. And they're like, well, and then you get the record, which my, most of my friends didn't. They just lived with the yeah. stolen, nasty, farty copy. And they're like, no, this is good. And then you get the record. You're like, wow, how great is this? But the point was, is that. Yeah, it's worth the 10 bucks. That was okay forever. And it's, I mean, it still is obviously, but that is everybody's experience going forward. And same with whether it be Apple Music or Spotify, and people have probably feel better about paying $10 a month for having everything, you know, or whatever, I don't know, people use. But the fact is, is that, yeah, dude, people are spending $170,000 in a record that with the amount of media that's thrown at you, you, you might listen to 10 times before you shelve it and the next record comes out because that's how much good stuff's coming out. But it hats off to Devin Townsend for saying, fuck it. I don't care about the rules. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to pay whoever I have to pay to make this record exactly what I want. And I'm going to put it out there and it'll live out there forever. So hats off to his. his See, and that's what I that's what I wanted to make sure that we gave, gave him credit. That's somebody that totally believes in what they are making. And, and they I, totally believe in that. So I got to give the guy all the credit in the world for at least taking that extra step. Now, granted, it's coming with a lot of risk. Yeah. But I but seriously, that is what it, that is what it, that is the definition of a true artist. And it, it, as content creators and entertainers ourselves, we know the amount of personal responsibility and heartache it takes to invest that much in yourself because there's nobody that an artist doubts more than themselves so to, to like to do that is wonderful and if you like the album then i definitely recommend purchasing the deluxe version or whatever you can buy that's the most expensive to support him because i mean he really did something that doesn't really happen very often yeah i just think culturally i mean if we if there is any way to change it i don't i don't know if there is i'm a positive guy so i do think people are gonna be like you know what man maybe maybe learning to steal or learning to not pay for something that adds to my life isn't exactly the proper way. But again, this is me living in a, a, a certain world that I grew up in, you know, so it's not a real world. I know that for a fact. But with that, guys, with that kind of downer shitty note, I just left. Yeah, on. what was that? Not I don't living know, man. in the real I mean, world. Usually, like, huh? usually, try and read a oh, long nice. word or something. Yeah, please. <laughs> Say the word mercury. <laughs> mercury. Nope. Yeah. No. Mercury. No. You know what it is? It's CU. CU together is like your kryptonite. Yeah. Mer- mercury. Nope. You, you know, no. No. Mercury. Wow. Freddie Mercury. Really is having a heart. This is the funniest thing to me. Wow. Say it, it, say it real quick and then I'll Mercury. Repeat Brian May wants to punch you right in the face. Mm-hmm. Mur, he, he, mur, mur, cure, cure, e, mercury. Nope. <laughs> I got nuclear. You got it. That's what I'm saying. Now go okay, home. I'll go, go home, home and say mercury in the mirror a hundred times, and you'll knock it out of the park. Jesus. I'll go home. I'll put my Dio wig on, and I'll just see mercury, mercury, mercury. God. I think he got it. The he last got time. it the last time. All right. I'll work on it, guys. Okay. With that embarrassing moment. This month, Allegion will release their new record, Apoptosis, via Metal Blade Records. A near-perfect symbiosis of technical, progressive, and melodic death metal. It is a record that is as crushingly heavy as it is inventive and marks a significant leap forward in the band's songwriting. Make sure you purchase your copy of Apoptosis now at MetalBlade.com slash Allegion. Once again, MetalBlade.com slash a legion. Let's jump into my interview, guys, with Anthony from After the Burial. Hey, Anthony, it's Peter with Metal Sucks. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Not much, not much, dude. My uh, we, my wife and I, we own a business, so um, I was in there teaching one of our one of the girls who works for us how to make some guards and stuff. We make a uh, night guards people who grind their teeth. So 
Oh, nice, dude. We pour up all these like stone casts of people's teeth and stuff, a bunch of customers, and I was showing her how to do it fast. I actually have one of those because I, um, I, I thought my mouth was falling apart when I got to a certain age, and it was TMJ. And it was like not a big mm. deal. And then I had to do like this the mouth guard thing. Is that what you're talking about? Like the mold? Yep, exactly. Exactly. Make a dental impression. Dude, I really felt like there was something seriously wrong with my jaw. And mm-hmm. it's one of those great. Was it popping? Oh, it was popping, but like it felt like it was hanging there in pain like oh. forever. So I couldn't figure it out. And I was just like, man, you know, when you get older, you're like, dude, there's something wrong. And then my dentist, yeah. like right away, is like, nah, you got TMJs. I'm like, oh. So I got that mouth guard in, and I, I, I wear it. I'm bad with it, man. I swear. I probably like two night, two nights a week. So, but it's gone though. So I think that's all I probably needed. Yeah, that's cool, man. I remember I have the mold that they did of my teeth, like uh-huh. sitting on, like on a cabinet at my house. I don't know why I thought it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, man. We get so much. Like we make about eighty to hundred guards a week. Oh, nice. So yeah, we we're all online business and. So we're all e-commerce. We work from home, and uh, we're doing pretty good for ourselves. And and I see some crazy teeth, dude. Like crazy teeth. Like the craziest teeth that you've ever seen. Has has anybody had like straight vampire teeth? Oh yeah, we've had long teeth, dude. And we've had people that have like they want a guard, and they have like three or four teeth, and it's kind of sad. And I'm just oh. like, oh man, I get. I would want to protect what I have left too. I'm sure they have like like a denture or something that they wear but i've also seen like giant mouths like they're where like we have this machine that like makes these guards it's like all pr- you know pressurized and stuff and and like their mouth barely fits in the cylinder you have to like get it perfect it's so it's pretty funny it's like i don't know you've seen all sorts of weird people's mouths and stuff so how did you get into this business if i may ask um it was more was my wife's business when we first met and uh, it was such a small little thing, dude. Like we were, we first met and um, I moved out with her. So, so I'm from California, but I moved out to Florida when I met her and we kind of were just like, all right, I guess we're living together. It was like, you know, a couple months into the relationship. And uh, we had a tiny little apartment and we were doing, um, shoot, maybe we would make maybe like 20 to 25 guards a month. So like we were small, you know, like real small. But it was, you know, I was paying the bills at the time. We had a little $500 apartment. And so it was her business. She was a dental assistant and she was making these guards. And she was like, huh, I wonder if I can do this myself. Because she looked up how much the material costs and what the machines cost. She's like, I wonder if I can do this online. And she she started doing it online. And we kind of grew the business together. And she works her ass off. So she's she's working right now. She's grinding away. But so she's really good at SEO and and writing, and she does all our customer service. Cause like, I can't do customer service, man. Like, I just can't. I can't. Like, if someone talks down to me, it's like I'm fired up. Dude, so, w- working with the public is so hard to do. I, I I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I, I've had people be rude to like checkers at like a a checkout line. I'm like, you have no idea. Like you think their mm-hmm. job's easy, but they're working with the public, man. It's not easy, dude. No, but, so she's she's so good on the phone, man. Like oh, that's good. Some customers will just be like super rude, and she'll like immediately diffuse them with her like sweet voice, and like and they'll be like, you know, like oh, they're like mad at first, and then she's like, oh, okay, and she, like she's just super sweet, and then they're just like happy at the end of the call. 
and, and satisfied. Is that it's funny? The, is it's the best feeling ever, and I'm sure she knows this. When someone comes at you with all this negative hate, and you're very kind, and you talk them down, and at the end they're like, "I'm really sorry about that." You're like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly." Man. I bet you are because you came at me like a fool. Yeah, that's the best, yeah. man. But is it how important? And this is just we're just talking life stuff. That, but and I have the same. I have a very important partner as well with me. But like, how important is to be around a person like that? to grow and just want to be better oh man it's it's super important like uh she's changed me a lot man for mm. the better like i have uh i used to well i used to have like well i kind of do still it's still in me like so i grew up like you know i didn't have any money growing up and i was like angry as a kid man i was like super angry i did a lot of bad stuff getting fights all the time and and i still have that fire in me but uh she calls it my angry sharks but but so she like levels me out and bounces me out so like um you know she's very sweet and passive and and uh just patient and and so it's like to see that i'm just like okay that's the right thing to do and not don't react like emotionally you know but yeah she's great man it's uh and now when i look at things like i'll see something that's like I'm like that sucks. That doesn't work. Why? Why would they do that? And I'm like, huh? I can make that better, and I can make money off of it. You know, it's like everything I think about now. It's like, how can we sell it online? Yeah, dude. And that's. I mean, I've been in both relationships where I'm like, the, I'm with a negative person that's really angry, unhappy, and all that stuff, and and they kind of their energy gets you right. And then on the flip side, when you're in a relationship like the one that sounds like you're in, you're like holy crap, this is like the most important, because I can live in both worlds, you know what I'm saying? I can live in both relationships, but this is the most important th decision in your life is to be around someone that makes you better, you know? And I think that's a hard lesson for people out there. Like, you, you don't realize it because the person that doesn't make you better isn't necessarily bad. They're just not right. It's hard to explain, man, right? Yeah, no. The same way? Yeah, yeah, they're just not right for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Dude. And when you're in it, you don't know it. You're like, no, nah, mm -mm. it's right. Because, yeah, there's people are good across the board, I think, for the most part. So even if they have these mishaps or, you know, whatever insecurities they have that they bring at you, it doesn't necessarily make you look at them as bad people. Like, you're not going to end a relationship with someone that's a good person that cares about you, even though they're not right for you immediately. It, it takes time. So, uh, congr yeah. congrats to finding the person that makes you better, by the way, Anthony, that's awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. Thanks man. You're welcome. Yeah. She's, she's great, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to have her as my wife. Like I never wanted to get married or anything like that. So, um, it's kind of crazy, you know, it's like I met this girl and everything changed and we, we just, uh, we have a house here in Florida and, and we're happy, man. We got, just got a new puppy yesterday, last night and. We're good. We're doing good. What kind of dog, if I may ask? I'm a dog guy. We got we got an American bully. Oh, nice. Um, she's a pocket bully. So she's um, her dad's shoulders were 14 inches high, but he's 72 pounds. So he's like a short, little, stocky, big-headed pig. <laughs> and uh, she's super sweet. Our older dog's a little. He's like a little weary of her. So like we're trying to get them used to each other, but he's been sweet so far. Yeah, dude, I always recommend getting a a female dog from all my dog years because every boy dog is is just a just maniac for like six years, but girl dogs seem to be just a lot more 
chill. I don't know. Uh, that's just from my experience, though. But um, we are here, Anthony, to talk about the new record. So let me let me bring this up. After the Burial's new record, guys, if you haven't heard, Evergreen is out April 19th. So make sure you pre-order it. I heard it. It's amazing. And then you guys are going the day before you start a North American tour with Kill Switch Engage and Parkway Drive. And that's uh, April 18th all the way to May 16th out here in North America. Now, the tour is going to be a great one for sure. That package is perfect. I've seen you guys live quite a few times, and you guys are one of the tighter live bands I've ever seen. You know, so But opening for two of the bigger bands in the scene, how do you personally approach that tour? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, I think we just approach it the way we have been approaching every, everything since, since we wrote Dig Deep, our last record. I think we just do us. I feel like sometimes, you know, people can get lost, uh, like kind of like an identity crisis sort of going on where it's like they're trying to please too many people and they're, they lose sight of where, where they came from or where, what their sound is. I feel like we have like, maybe, maybe we did in previous records or maybe we played around with like experimenting, but now I feel like we just like, just play what we like. The set list for that tour is just like, Let's play the songs that we like to play. So that's what we're doing. It's not like, you know, we didn't go, okay, let's do this because it's it's going to fit this these types of fans or anything. It's just like, let's just show them who we are. And that's just what's going to work best. I think people will like that, you know? Was the mindset going into this record, like you just said, let's just please ourselves? Yeah, yeah. I think we didn't we didn't have a concept we didn't have um any like hey let's write a song like let's write an album like this or let's write a song that sounds like this we just wrote songs and it just kind of happened and i feel like that's that's just what works for us i don't you know other bands have had success doing other things and that's great but i think what works for us is just staying true to ourselves and just writing music not you know not worrying about what people are going to think like not being like oh if i write this you know, the fans will sing to this, you know, it's like, no, it's just, just write it and let it happen, you know, like organically. That's what's worked for us in the past. So. And now we did mention previous record, Dig Deep. This was a success in every way for you guys. Artistically, fans loved it. Did that response give you that kind of confidence going into this one to trust yourself more? You know, it's like once you figure something out, it just clicks. You're like, ah, we should have done that the whole time. Man, it's like when you look back at things, and this not just for music, like, it's like, I wish I knew what I knew now when I was younger sort of thing. All the stuff I've learned from being on the road and being in the music industry, it's like my old band could have got signed, you know, like if I would have known that now. But yeah, it just kind of clicked and made sense. And I think, you know, if it doesn't work, it's not going to work. But at least we're we're doing what we what we like to do. And we're, we're not like experimenting, like, let's, you know, let's do this because that's what's popular. It's like, no, let's just play our music because that's who we are and that's what i think people want you know i i would hope you know they want to hear after the burial that's who we are absolutely man you guys have a, a strong signature sound and, and i like what you're saying is that i don't think there's anybody out there that's a natural i believe everybody needs that journey to get them to where they need to be the journey as a human like we all have to share that no matter what way we go to learn our lessons i don't think there's anything that can replace that do you agree with that yeah, no, I do. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I think you're spot on right there. That's where empathy gets in. I, I always tell people, like, when I talk to younger people, I go, I'm, I'm, good with, I'm good with all these horrible words that people say. Hate, rage, anger. I'm like, feel it. It's an emotion. We all felt it. We all did, you know? But eventually, right. after you feel those emotions and you lead to shame or you lead to this fear that's unrealistically, then you're going to feel empathy, 
Because you're like, damn, I remember when I was that hateful. I remember when I was that rageful. And that's how you cross that journey. So I always let the, the, the idiots that are rageful and hateful and angry, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you'll figure it out eventually. You know, you'll eventually listen, but to yourself, not right. to anyone else. But we all need that journey, right? Do you feel to get through oh, those times? Yeah, man. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, like what you're saying. It's like you, you, you've been on that same path. You've been down that trail and you've, but you've made it on top of the mountain and you can see like you're looking down at all those, those people that are still trudging through that trail, trying to figure things out because you've already made it up top. You have a better view of everything. You can see where the rage came from. You can see where that hate and anger is Mm -hmm. and you understand why and where it came from, but you just have a better view of things. So you're like, okay, well, uh, I reacted like this because of this. And, and I understand that. And now I know what to do to not make that same mistake or react the same way as I did before. Absolutely, man. And I, I want everybody to have that journey. I, want, I, I think that's the only way they'll learn. Yeah, of course. Only. Going back, though, you guys did recently come off a 10-year anniversary tour of the Rare Form album. This is the first one that you were on, uh, the second LP for the band. How was revisiting that record for you? And after an anniversary show like that, do you feel like it's a retirement of that material for the band. Um, I mean, I think we'll always play those, some of those songs off that record. Um, I still love playing, you know, like drifts is one of my favorite songs to play, even though it messes with me, um, with like, just like the timing and the parts like mess with me sometimes I get in my own head, but I love playing that song. So I think we'll always play songs from that record. But when we were playing it on the tour, we're like, we're like yeah this this album's 10 years old you know you could just tell you know it's like we were mm-hmm. like we were super happy about the tour and it was one of our most successful tours ever so it was great it was just you could tell it was like 10 years old and but it's still like man there's still such good songs off that record and it was a lot of fun to revisit and play so yeah i still love that record 10 years forward in the future the first single you guys released was behold the crown and it has a a classic music video I love it. It starts like a, a bloody Viking battle, right? And if people right. haven't seen it, you got to check it out. And then it turns into just a massive snowball fight with everybody wearing like the Viking gear and stuff like that. Now, first question, did anybody actually get hurt by a snowball in the making of this video? Dude, the snowballs didn't hurt when they hit you. That wasn't the problem. The problem was it was negative 22 when we were filming. Mm-hmm. So that's when that polar vortex happened up there. So when that snowball hit you in the face it didn't hurt but the the snow that it left on your face that hurt man that was like painful it was so cold and frigid that it was like it was miserable like a lot of my friends were like dude that looked like it was so much fun and i was like dude it wasn't at all <laughs> it was brutal man <laughs> looking back like the adventure was fun you know it's like kind of like you do something shitty and you're like this sucks this sucks so bad and you're like you're with your friends and you're like man this is rough i'm so tired or i'm burnt out or i'm sunburnt but then like once you're done with it you look back you're like man that was a blast so it kind of has that same vibe to it um but yeah it was a lot like you know i had to die like eight times in the snow like you know in the scene i die i had to die to do that scene like eight times so i had snow all down my butt crack up my back like i was like freezing dude and just miserable negative 22 degrees yeah and i'm was, not joking dude it was filmed i'm assuming in minnesota is that where it was filmed mm-hmm. wow man. north minnesota we were um trent trent our guitar player has a <clears throat> his dad has a cabin up close to where we were filming so we stayed there 
And the first night we were there, it was like negative 22, 24. And we went outside to hang out with a couple of friends. And I'm wearing like six, seven layers. And I have a face mask on and beanie. And when I went back inside, there was ice all over my face mask. My eyebrows had ice on them. My eyelashes had ice on them. Just they were freezing, dude. It was crazy. And nobody was like, we're, we're quitting. Uh, we, I mean, we're stopping. We're going to reshoot. It's like, no, everybody's here. It's got to happen, right? Yeah, dude. And the the people who were most like savage were the were the extras in the video. Those Because they had to, a lot of them had to like lay down dead in the snow for like multiple shots. And they were just like, I was like, dude, you know, I was like, I'm so sorry. They're like, eh, it's not bad. You know, they're all Minnesotans, so it's like nothing to them. And I was just like, you guys are nuts, man. But I respect it. <laughs> dude, I, I remember, I have a, a vivid story when I was like in high school. I was a lifeguard at a pool out here in Vegas at Mentally Bay. And they stayed open until November. And so the temperature doesn't get bad. But I think it was like 60s and it was super windy. So I'm bundled up on the lifeguard. So I'm miserable because I have to be up there because someone's swimming. And sure enough, mm-hmm. the guy gets out of the water. He's like, yeah, man, I'm from Minnesota. This is great. And I was like, that's <laughs> yeah. my Minnesota. So I'm like, you could swim in this weather that I can't even sit up on a stand in, you know? So, yeah, but that's uh, that's a different thing. Now, was this video by any chance? Was it inspired by like Game of Thrones? No, dude, this was a video idea I actually had a long time ago. And, um, and uh, it was before i think game of thrones was even a thing oh wow and uh yeah because i i had it um i think when we released in dreams so i don't know when game of thrones came out but um i had the idea then but it never happened and then you know our manager hit us up he's like hey do you guys got any ideas for a video because we're gonna uh we need to get this ball rolling and i was like i wanted i was like dude let's do animation and they were like we don't have the budget i was like damn it because i don't i hate doing videos man Mm -hmm. i i absolutely hate them but um i was like let's do an animated video that'd be fun you know like to see little characters of us but you know so we're just like we don't have the budget and i was like well i do have this other idea and i sent the idea just kind of on a whim and like dan and trent already knew about it because i brought it up multiple times in in the past and then they were like I, they responded like, this is great. And then our, Andrew, our manager, was like, all right, I'm sending it over. And then all of a sudden, like a couple of weeks later, we had this whole layout of the video. And the guy like turned it to life. He had this whole thing laid out for us, like whole plot and everything. We're just like, oh, crap, this is really happening. So it just kind of happened. It was fun. You know, we didn't want to do a, a video of us playing in a warehouse lip syncing. It just... I don't want to see that again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Those seem to be the, that's what I was going to say at this stage in the band though, like how important is the fun concept to making music videos for you guys? I think it's important, man. It's like, you know, it's like we could do like the same thing that everybody else is doing or, you know, and it's like, that's fine. And I get like a lot, a lot of those videos are that people don't have high budgets and it's expensive to do and time consuming. So, you know, it was, not, it was, I think it's just refreshing to do something like that. And it's like, even if people are like, oh, that's stupid, that's totally fine. But, you know, at least we tried something different. Even though we're like a serious, like, we're not a serious band, but we are a heavy metal band. It's like, we can have fun too and show you the lighter side of us, you know, I guess. Now, as you mentioned, this idea you had in the bank for almost 10 years, it sounds like. So have you ever had any other ideas or did anybody else come up with ideas that were just really bad and you guys shot it down? No, we didn't. That was actually the first, like, I brought up that idea for this video and it just happened. Previous videos, I think one time we got 
someone like pitched an idea to us and we're just like, no, that's not what we want to do. But it wasn't necessarily bad. It just wasn't something we wanted to do. And our manager's pretty, really good at just like, I think he knows who we are and knows what's great best for us. So he kind of, I think if it's a bad, he doesn't even send it our way. I just, I, I can't get over the negative 22 degrees. I don't think I've ever been even near that. You're from California. You live in Florida. So that the weather has got to be brutal, but everybody else in the band is Minnesota uh area not adrian our bass player adrian is actually from california too he uh he still lives there so he's from uh like the salinas area and so that's where i'm from i'm from the bay area up in california so i'm you know oakland like i i was born in berkeley and i used to live in oakland but five years ago i moved to florida so it's like i went from nice weather like moderate nice you know it gets cold there too but now i'm like in like hot heat like spoiled like i'm getting worse and worse in the cold a decade in dude into after the burial and after all you guys have been through ups and downs obviously what is your biggest fear at this point for the legacy of this band i don't know if i have a fear and i feel like you know being in a band it's like you never know what's gonna happen it's already hard enough as it is sometimes there's this misconception about being in a band it's like you you get signed and like you've made it And I feel like that's how it used to be, you know, like the 80s, maybe 90s. But things have changed so much that like once you get signed, there's, you know, people are are streaming music, you know, and like downloading it. It's it's like they're not paying for it. I'm not going to sit there and be like, whoa, boo-hoo. You know, that is part of it. It's a different time for being in a band. So it's like it's been hard. It's been a long road. If I have any fear, I don't think I have any because I I understand like I don't think this is going to last forever. And if it does, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I, as we can, as long as people still want to come out and see us. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be in a band that's like, you know, struggling and like just trying to hold on like to the last, very last thread of what we have. You know, like, I think we'll be, you know, understanding when, when the time is up. So like, man, I, I just, I don't think I have any fears. I think it's kind of like, whatever happens happens and it's meant to be like you know as long as we're staying true to ourselves and just writing the music we want to write and and uh sticking to that i think i think we'll be okay and i think anything that happens after that is just meant to be yeah how important are those realistic expectations for for you as a person in, in in the music industry i think it's important man because you know like in at the end of the day it's like being in a band is a huge part of my identity like whether like and this is me being just like honest mm-hmm. like this is 100 percent honesty it's like yeah i'm i'm anthony from after the burial it's like you know like that's who i am and that's a big part of my identity but i have also tried to understand what it's going to be like when that identity is gone and um when it's like okay well i used to be in a band and am i going to be able to cope with that and i think i will be told i think i will be fine i think oh, of course i'll miss it in certain ways and i think i'm gonna look back and be like man what a blast you know it's um but i think you have to be humble and and grounded i think it's super important because if you go out there and you you know you your band skyrockets and you guys do really do really well and all of a sudden those fans aren't there anymore or they grow up and they're not into the music anymore or you know what have you they've moved on to other things it's just 
and you and you start to fall a little bit it's like some people can't handle that man and i don't think it's good as far as like your mental health goes i think i think some of these people in bands and i don't i'm not naming any names because I, I can't say who but i think maybe some some of these guys struggle with that you know it's like that ego gets in their way and it's like i think that can be really harsh mentally on somebody and, and which i understand 100 percent. you know yeah absolutely no i completely get it i take i always tell that to people like just take nothing for granted you know and always just be present you know and for like a band it's like you always have to plan ahead it always has to be the future step so i i imagine it more difficult to just be present you know all the time mm -hmm. because even like when you're touring and i could be completely off base but it's like you got to go next city next city you know just you're always moving you always have to have that itinerary in the way but it's important to sh to shut that off do you think right as as just a human for your mental health to be like no i gotta just be here yeah 100 percent, man like there's like there's days and like you know i'm just gonna be i'm just being honest there's days where we're on tour and i'm like dude i don't even want to get up there at all like not even in the slightest way like if i could just not do today that'd be great you know and it's like not that i'm not um grateful or like not that um i don't like love playing music it's just you get burnt out man and it's like you can't help the way you feel and it's like not like i'm like i'm not trying to say that i'm like i deserve better or anything like that i just i it wouldn't matter i think for anyone you just get burnt out but i when that happens when i'm feeling like that i go huh the show go, must go on and there's there's people in there that want to see us and i never never phone it in on stage like if there's a thousand people there or 200 i'm still gonna give them a show you know what i mean it's like i i i think that's important too and doesn't that get you out of maybe that mentality after yeah and, and you know what happens is you end up like being more loose on stage at least i do and you kind of play around with the crowd and it ends up being really funny or like fun and so it's like you end up having like you're like man I was actually really fun and then like the show's over and then you're hanging out with the with the crew they're all packed in like we have we've had the same crew for a while now that we're that we we travel with and it's like so you know you're, you're super close with these guys and you hang out you get food together and like you know partake in some other things and we're all sitting there laughing and giggling and just like it's like man it's that's some of the best times cool. now you as an artist there is an element to you that want to put something out in the world what is that what is the most important element to you as an artist um just being sincere i think mm -hmm. i struggle with um like being uh fake or like being fake on stage or like uh i think just being sincere and honest with people is like very important like when i write lyrics for us i i put a lot into that I don't just phone it in. I'm not just like get throwing out word salad for someone to eat. It's like everything makes sense. Everything has a meaning. There's, there's, I want, if, if anyone could take, and when, when people come up to me and they're like, man, your lyrics for this meant this to me. That's like, that's why I did it. That's why, that's why I do this. That's, that's why I wanted to be in a band in the first place, just to, for something I said or some words to help someone in some way or to resonate with them in some way. That's like, that's all I, I, I've been here for. 
And the reason they resonate is because you are sincere. And that's, that's what's important. That's super important. People that fake the lyrics to make it sound cool or whatever like that, it might resonate with someone temporarily, but it's not going to stick with them for you know the grand scheme because there's multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. Being that way as a, as a human being, I think, in any, any aspect of life, that means no matter what transition you go through, you have your identity, you have yourself, and that's, that's what's, uh, what's key. I would imagine, right? Yeah, no, I think it's very important. You have, yeah, it's a that's a valid point because it's not these. You know, this what we're talking about is not just in in the music industry or writing songs. I think it's just part of being human. You know, it's like you want to be sincere and and honest. I think, um, you know, I have friends that um, my friend just visited me from the third grade. We've been friends since the third grade, mm-hmm. so it's like. I have a really solid group of friends back home in California. I miss, that's the biggest thing I miss about California is my friends. Um, I don't miss the traffic or the the prices of the houses, but um, I miss the hell out of my friends. And it's like, we're all honest and sincere with each other. And we've had these strong friendships since elementary school. You know, it's like the same crew and, and some of the guys we've known since high school and we're super close. They're, you know, groomsmen at my wedding and like some of my best friends. It's like, I love them all to death. And I think it's just, that's one of the main things. It's like you build these strong bonds because you can trust one another and uh, because we're sincere and honest with each other. And it's like, it's like I'm, I'm me, you know who I am and I, I know who you are. Absolutely, man. And that, yeah, I think that's the most important thing in relationships and in life is, is to that. And I'm I get the same situation. Everybody, I'm scared because the older I get, I'm like, I've known the same guys for 25 years. These are my close friends, but there's only like seven of them. You know, like so, yeah. And it's so hard to relate or uh, uh, to me for other other people in so many ways because I don't have to. I got them. I got them. Right. I don't. I don't need yeah. anybody else, dude. I'm not greedy. I don't need five thousand of these guys. You know, they're the only ones I really know and, and can truly trust in any way. And that's what's great about life is that even through our ups and downs as people, man, if you're sincere, if you're genuine, if you're honest, if you misspeak or whatever, that outweighs. You know those those emotional moments that might hold us back in any way so dude yeah anthony man has been a absolute i've been a fan for a long time so it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you i just want to tell everybody out there one more time guys the new record evergreen it's excellent pre-order this thing by after the burial is coming out april 19th and i don't know anybody that's listening to the podcast that doesn't want to see kill switch engage parkway drive and after the burial but that tour is starting april 18th all the way to may 16th guys in north america so check to make sure your city's going to happen that is going to be an amazing, fun time, dude. But uh, with that, dude, Anthony, I want to, I want to first off, congratulations on finding the perfect partner in your life. That's always a great thing. Congratulations on your guys' business. Do you want to mention anything or a website about the business? Oh, I mean, well, yeah. If someone, <laughs> if someone grinds their teeth at night or if they're fighting and doing MMA or anything, like, you know, any contact sports, we do all that. We do dental retainers and everything. So um, it's actually, we're Sentinel Mouth Guards. Sentinel. That's the name of our company. You can sentinelmouthguards.com. Um, that's, that's me. You, I think I'm even in some of the photos holding some stuff up, but um, that's our company. We've been around for, I think, eight years. So, Congratulations to that business. Congratulations to the new record. It's phenomenal. I can't wait to hear some of these songs live, man. And uh, Anthony, dude, thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Step the fuck back before you get knocked down. Step the fuck back. I'll bring the hammer down. Step the fuck back before you get knocked down. Step the fuck back. I'll bring the hammer down They used to be a time Locked and forgiven for again So there's a long gone Prepare for payback Motherfucker, you burned me twice My hands are forced Second time, I was a fool Next time there'll be no remorse You'll suffer for what you've done Your path you cannot run Prepare for payback now You'll suffer for what you've done You deserve what you get Your betrayal will end in bloodshed First song you heard, guys, is off the new record, Evergreen, by After the Burial. Excellent record. I really, really hope you guys get out there and pre-order it. That song is called Behold the Crown, and if you heard the interview, uh, make sure you check out the video. The most gangbuster snow fight I've ever seen in my life. And the next song you guys heard is off the new song off of uh, Sworn Enemy's new record, Game Changer. That record is coming out April 5th. That track is called Prepare for Payback. 
And with that, guys, I want to thank everybody once again for all the five-star reviews we keep seeing on iTunes. That's all we ask for. Quick click on iTunes. Give us that five-star. You don't have to write anything. You just got to click that button for us, and we'll keep showing up week after week. We haven't missed a week since we've been doing this for over two years. Thank you again for all that. Write us in if you want. DM any of us on our socials that we mentioned to you. If you want to do straight email, rise to offend at gmail.com. And also check out our other podcast, Rise to Offend. With that, you guys want to make, you want to throw some other words I can't say out loud? Uh, chicken dick. <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Ugh.